Well, hello, everybody. Today we are doing a line with line a little bit differently. And this is a testament to our ability to flow. So today I've got my wonderful friend, Jenia Hampton. And instead of us doing this interview from her home and me and mine, um, we had some technical difficulties, which were just opportunities. So we decided to connect together and do it live this way. So welcome to the first Align with Lina, where I am right next to my wonderful guest. So let me tell you a little bit about Jenia. She is an amazing nutritionist. She is also an amazing human being. And we've known each other for 10 years. So in today's conversation, instead of going back and asking her to give me details of her spiritual awakening, um, because I want to skip that and get get you guys to the meat of the conversation, which is really how do we live um, as beings who have gone through an awakening, who have been practicing self-awareness, and how does that look like in our lives today? Not only that, but how do we apply that to our careers? Because we are waking up in our everyday life and we have, in her case, uh, children and grandchildren. And how does how does an awakened being operate in, in the world today, but not get sucked in to being of it? So thank you for being here. This is so Thanks exciting. Me. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your journey. Uh, you've been on it for 30 years. 30 years. And for me, it's like 16, 17, so yes. almost 20 years. Yes, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> I think we go whatever pace we go. Yeah. But let's talk about what does life look like today for you, day-to-day -day life? How do you practice this knowledge that you have? And maybe before we talk about how do you practice it, let's talk about the knowledge that you have. What is it that you're aware of? that has you be in the world but not be of it today? I think, and I, that's a good question. And I think um, the two are the same, the practice of mm -hmm. it and the awareness of it. Because when you step into the awareness, you're practicing it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so the awareness is throughout the day is when noticing when something's bothering me or when I am complaining. Um, there's a judgment that shows up and sometimes it's right in the moment which is great because then you can catch yourself and sometimes it's <laughs> a day later yeah. or that evening um and always going back to it and looking at what is it in me because as byron katie has said very famously that you are that which you judge me to be in the moment that you judge me so i always try to go back and see what was the judgment what is it that i'm still carrying that i still have not worked out there's a lot of stuff. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> there is a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the uh, I'm going to ask our audience, so I know that some, some of you guys are with us live. If you can just send a little message, make sure that you guys can hear us. So um, do a quick little note. I can hear you. And that lets me know that this is working perfectly. I know yes. that the visual is going on, but I don't know about the sound. So absolutely. The, the practice and the self-awareness happen in tandem. And, you know, I've got my little line, every irritation is an invitation. Yes. Because that. without that irritation, yes. how do we know what is it that we need to become aware of? Yes. And so the game of projection is such a powerful game. Mm -hmm. Once I know it's in me, I'm projecting it out there. Yep. Talk about your way of processing once you realize, whether it's after the fact or in the moment, what do you do with that information? It depends. If it's in the moment, um, I oh. will I will immediately apologize. 
um, because I want them to know that it's my stuff. It's me. It's all about me and not yeah. them. Um, and I will regroup and see what it is that I need to learn right there. Mm -hmm. If it is in retrospect later that day or that week, um, I will definitely write it out and see, kind of meditate on where the, um, you know, where the issue lies and what are the roots because, you know, everything has much deeper roots than just yeah. on the surface. And um, I'm hoping it doesn't take me 30 more years. <laughs> <laughs> so this is great. We've got some wonderful guests with us and they say that they can hear us. So thank you. Thank you for being with us. And yes, Anita, we are definitely taking those difficulties and turning them into opportunities, yes. not just with the technical opportunities, but also every single day that we have an irritation, it's an opportunity. Right there in that moment, we could slip down into a difficulty. We could turn it into a problem. And at the level of the problem, it is always about somebody else. Yes. It's, it's always out there. But at the level of opportunity, it's about what's in here. So you, you're talking about, you know, you look at that and then you, we got to get to the root of it. Yes. That to me is what what distinguishes somebody who is new on their journey versus somebody who what I would call is becoming a master of their own awareness, a master of their own domain. experience, their own <laughs> domain, full 100% yes. responsibility. Mm -hmm. And to do, to do that, you got to get root, go to the root of it because mm -hmm. the root is like the foundation yes. of who we are. Mm -hmm. Say a little bit about what have you discovered is at the root of the things that keep you in reaction and projection mm -hmm. asleep and not totally completely um, owning who you are as this divine being that we are all waking up to knowing that we are. So what, what's at the root um, of your Misunderstandings, stuff? misunderstandings of past events, uh, conversations and uh, Technology. Technology. <laughs> um, misunderstandings, uh, judgments early on, and uh, something that's carried through, mm -hmm. you know, and got built on. And, um, you know, one of the things I've done to keep me more conscious and really kind of uh, give a little warning about this if you try to do it at home <laughs> is I invited my partner, who is also waking up, to. Um, point out or remind me when I am being unconscious around him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, as you know, when the ego is really doing its job and is mm -hmm. really digging in and someone says, hey, by the way, yeah. <laughs> I noticed. Yeah. You can, I've done this, I can change on a dime and whatever that reaction, whatever it was, now gets pointed at the partner. So mm -hmm. it's very interesting because it's fights it fights to live and it fights to do its thing and misguide you and it takes a moment to realize hey first of all I asked for this second of all wow look how strong it can be and how it can change instantly yeah. Yeah. Uh, to keep you stuck as you said what the root mm -hmm. and at the root and that is definitely the ego wanting to be alive Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what this ego is, because this thing that is invested in being right about whatever mm -hmm. it is that we believe mm -hmm. 
which is, by the way, the only thing that prevents us from being happy. It's the only thing that gets in the way of, of our relationships being deep and intimate and healthy and peaceful. This ego is the only thing that ever, ever stands in the way of our true happiness, which, by the way, is our birthright. So tell, explain in your own words, what is the ego to you? What is this thing that you're waking up to mm -hmm. so that you can transcend it, so you can let it go? Right. Well, as you said, it's something that makes me want to be right, always right about everything, right? <laughs> and um, it's something that makes me want to be individual and noticed and be, um, you know, better than it's, and I hate to say it, but it's um, a lot of what our culture is about. It's being individual, being seen, being recognized, you know, all of that. And stepping away from that is uh, not an easy thing, as you well know, because the culture pushes us to towards it. And we all love attention and we love being loved. But that love has to come from the inside first. Yeah. Well, and and this is something that's been going on for thousands of years. Mm. It is a mass consciousness. It's a way of thinking that society right. has accepted. Mm -hmm. And it's gone unquestioned mm -hmm. for thousands and thousands of years that who I am is not okay mm -hmm. without approval from you. Yes. So there, therefore, we strive to get approval. We strive to be right because if we're right, then people can think highly of us. Mm -hmm. yes. We want to be loved so that it comes from the outside. But what's really fascinating is that by perpetuating that need to get validation from the outside, yes. we, we maintain that ego fed. Yes. And when we then begin to do the journey, yes. which is 20 years, 30 years, 100 years, however many lifetimes it takes us to, to get to the place that we understand that what we're waking up from is really a misunderstanding, yes. a misperception, yes. a mistaken idea. Mm -hmm. Like you and I are both students of A Course in Miracles, yes. but we have been taught that we're not already amazing, magnificent, whole and complete. So when you take thousands of years of hearing that message, specifically through religion, that we are dirty and sinners, and then you take government taking care of you, whether it was through the kings and the queens and the paupers or, you know, Communist. communism <laughs> or whatever it right. is, it's reinforced. Yes. And then you have mother, father who are authority figures, teachers who are authority figures, bosses who are authority figures. All of that perpetuates the idea that we need to go outside of ourselves yes. for validation. And accumulate, accumulate knowledge, yes. accumulate spirituality, accumulate in intellect and uh, certifications. All of it makes the ego pump up. Exactly. And I'm not saying those are not good things. Those are great things to get. But they have nothing to do with who we are and the power that we have inside. Yes, because if you're going to be in the world to be of the world is to have the world tell you who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to have, what you're supposed to do. But the process of awakening is to be in the world but not be of it. So how are you playing with your awareness, knowing that the world has a lot of rules and regulations, there's a lot of authority figures. And so we're kind of playing the game of accepting, yeah, you. it seems like you think you have authority over me, but I'm awake and I know no, you don't have authority over me. I'm just participating in this. How do you stay in that space centered? Because 
to me, being able to be in the world but not of it requires a level of humbleness because if I'm judging the world, if I'm still feeling better because I'm awake, I'm in the world. Right. Now, now I'm reversing the game like you were saying, you know, we get all this spiritual knowledge, then the spiritual ego gets all superior, which that's been religion. Mm -hmm. But how do you stay in the world but not be of it and practice what you now know is the truth? Well, the good thing that comes with doing this for 30 years is um, can be aware of where the ego is coming in and the, um, the world's taking over faster. Um, sometimes right in the moment where it used to take me, you know, a month later in retrospect. Um, but 30 years later, it's still baby steps. Some things stick, make you get stuck much more than others. You and I have, you know, worked together and you coach me when I actually couldn't through, get through a difficult step where my ego is just so stirred up and I was so right. And for all the right reasons, yeah. um, and I could cite all the reasons, and I was stuck. And sometimes we do need that extra help. So, um, one of the best things I can recommend that I do, and that you know, is is keeping surrounding ourselves with people who are more conscious and can help point that out in us, or be there as a support. You know, asking your spouse to be part of it, your friends to be part of it, to notice it for you. Surrounding yourself with books. Um, that have that power in them and having, you know, courses that are available that remind you, remind you of who you are and, yeah. and where you are really going, not outside, inside. Well, and what you're saying is, is so beautiful and so wonderful. And I want to say hi to Natalia and Selena and Dondra. Thank you for joining us and being part of this conversation. Sorry, I kind of giving you my back because um, I do want to, uh, look at Zhenya when she's speaking, but something that you just said that's really important is you came to me for coaching when you were in a blind spot, but I also go to people for coaching when I have a blind spot because that blind spot, we can't see our own blind spots. Right. You can't and see if, what you can't see. No. Mm -hmm. And when we are courageous enough to ask somebody to let us know what they're seeing, mm -hmm. to me, that decision shifts everything. That decision puts our ego on notice mm -hmm. that we're not going to give in to righteousness, mm -hmm. that we're actually walking down the path of humbleness. And to be able to move into humbleness, we've got to be willing to say, I made a mistake. Yeah. I made a mistake. And one of the reasons that I think is so difficult for us to, to say we made a mistake is because we never got a reward for being wrong. We only got rewards for being right. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I had to change in my parenting with when, when I began to, to move through this journey, I began to celebrate my kids' mistakes when they would say, oh my gosh, I can't get this done. I'm like, yes, because then there was an opportunity to see things differently. Mm -hmm. And you were talking earlier about having your partner begin to point out mm -hmm. when you're getting all activated. Yes. And what a gift. I wanted my former husband to do that with me. But there has to be again, a humbleness, there has to be a gentleness that when one partner is saying there's your ego, mm -hmm. in a way that is um, really their ego wanting to blame, because mm -hmm. they don't want to take responsibility mm -hmm. for themselves, it leaves the it leaves the partners kind of beaten up. 
you know, it just sucks the yeah. joy out of the relationship. How are you and Dave able to help each other? Because that's what conscious coupling is all mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. um, it's what the Course in Miracles calls creating a holy relationship. Yep. Because we want to see the thing that gets in the way of joy. Right. So what you're pointing out is the very thing that is blocking love. So how are you guys doing it? It's a day by day, moment by moment <laughs> process, because sometimes the other ego does get triggered. But it's remembering a that I asked for it. Yeah. However, it's delivered. It's for me. Yeah. Um, and if it's delivered from an ego standpoint, dissecting that piece from it and seeing where is it that I'm still because obviously I ask and something triggered. So mm -hmm. I need still need to look. Um, and sometimes, you know, not as often, but I have gone into the ego pointing at see. <laughs> uh, we don't do it. Um, it's a day by day process. Yeah. Relationships is what not only feeds your soul, but also strips you bare. Yeah, absolutely. And and we want to be stripped bare. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the thing that uh, is just so fun about having this conversation with you. Because there is a level of spiritual maturity when you no longer want to hold on to what blocks your truth. Mm -hmm. The masks, those, those um, personalities that we have created to make ourselves feel separate and different mm -hmm. and keep us from getting intimate yep. with our lovers or our sisters or our mothers or our children or our friends or our clients mm -hmm. or even the average person on the street who is one with us. Yes. How how do you let yourself be stripped bare? Take me through that process. Not easy. <laughs> um, with Dave, it's acknowledging that he's right, what he pointed out, and then actually unpacking that suitcase with him. Mm -hmm. And by that I mean, you know, just going through this is what I was feeling and this is where this came from, I think, and this is, and apologizing even sometimes when you feel kind of righteous for a moment. It's a very yeah. difficult thing to stand back and say, thank you for finding that. And by the way, you know, I apologize. It yeah. um, strips away. It, it does, it strips away that need to be right, but it also reveals something. Yes. So let's talk about what is being revealed because this is a journey of stripping what covers up what is being revealed. And what is being revealed, most people, I'm probably gonna say everybody, on this, this path to awakening, things, what's going to be revealed is this, your angel self, you know, you're gonna grow wings and have a halo and you're gonna be made of light and, and all of a sudden you're gonna have powers beyond measure and you're gonna create all this abundance and you're gonna draw the, the perfect lover who knows exactly what you want when you want it they're going to feed you grapes yeah all that and then all of a sudden you know life is going to be perfect yes but i don't know about you but that's not what i'm <laughs> discovering no and and in a way it is but it's not that right so what is it that is being revealed as you are willing to strip away what is not your truth Honestly, it's kind of a piece. It's just a piece. It's it's the best way I can put it. It's a piece that has not been part of my life for many, many years when I was younger. And um, 
It's the ability to see people differently. It takes away all fear because mm -hmm. nothing is threatening if you really look at it. Um, and it opens you up to life. That's really, and then what comes, comes when I came in, you know, with all these issues that we were having. <laughs> <laughs> Our technical opportunities. <laughs> yes. And, and um, as I mentioned to you, I'm, you know, I'm working on surrendering to whatever life brings and looking at things that go wrong as um, a gift. And what is the gift? What is coming that I was not anticipating or don't, that's better for me? Um, and there's always something that's better, just like having this one-on-one, because -on -one, we yeah. rarely get to spend a chance together. Here we are. So I know. It's awesome. Perfect. And it, what you're saying is so beautiful, because, you know, when life becomes an opportunity to find gifts, mm -hmm. who isn't peaceful with, with a gift? And there is a level of aliveness. There's a level of excitement. There's a level of joy that allows you to be with whatever's happening. I know for me, whether it was going through a divorce or going through a bankruptcy or going through the death of, of um, my um, my son's my birth my adopted son's birth mother, to be able to be with whatever is happening from a peaceful place, mm -hmm. to be present to that. To me, that's what has been revealed is a presence that can be with anything. My ego rejected what I didn't like mm -hmm. and was only looking for what I liked. Mm -hmm. But as that gets stripped away, which is my righteous self, the, the, the duality that says right or wrong, like it, don't like it. I want more of it. I want less of it, which made me very selective about what I would experience mm -hmm. now. When you strip away that part that is selective, what is left is that you select everything to experience it. There's nothing I don't want to be present for. Right. Um, because when you're at peace, why do you have to run away? Say a little bit more about how that peace lets you be with your family, with your children. You've got a grandbaby. Mm. How, how does that authentic you show up yeah. now? Um, or shows up inside of your family. Yeah. Well, for those of you who have a grandchild, you know that nothing <laughs> brings out that better than a grandchild. Yes. I, mean, I just don't see anything else but her because it's such a sweet spirit and you can feel the joy and the newness and the life. It's yeah. all still there. Um, with my family, I, um, I look for triggers because they're still there. And um, I work on them on myself. Mm -hmm. that's really where I go so so before because I know we've talked about your experience with your two sons mm -hmm. there was a tension there mm -hmm. in the relationship was strained mm -hmm. how do you show up now how how is that how are those relationships now that you're coming you know that you're aware of the true mm -hmm. you who is a peaceful you how mm -hmm. is that changing the relationships. Um, I'm much more open to whatever I'm accepting and I'm there whether you know we see each other or not. Um, I've taken the fear out of what happens because of uh, what they do for a living is very dangerous and so um, I don't give into that fear anymore and I know a lot of what was coming from me was from the fear there would be kind of an anger that would show up. I would mm -hmm. show up with kind of a blame and um, completely remove that isn't that wonderful it because is. when we're fearful we want to control circumstances mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we want to tell people what they should do so exactly. that they don't put themselves in danger 
which is never about them. It's right. always about us Got controlling mm -hmm. the outside so we get to feel okay. Yeah. But this is what's so magical, mm -hmm. miraculous about this journey is that once you're at peace, you don't need to control anything else right. there. So, because what's out there can be what it is. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I still do it to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, but it's less and less. And like I said, I'm much more aware of all the things that I do, whether it's immediately or a little bit later. Nothing goes unnoticed. And that's the mm -hmm. biggest change in yeah. 30 years. <laughs> but isn't that worth it? Yes, it's totally you know, worth it. Regardless of how many yes. years it takes us to get to yes. that place. Yes that we are the presence of peace, yes. even if it takes us a day mm -hmm. to come back to that, yes. but we know where to go back to. Yes. And um, we release people, we release the world to be what it is. We do. Because you can be with anything. Yes, let them be who they are and whatever path that they're on, let them have their path, not, not yours. Yeah, yes, because the, the peace that we begin to feel begins to communicate to us mm -hmm. and it begins to at least for me it's informing me mm -hmm. that i am part of something grander mm -hmm. my my piece as you know with going through spencer my son's drug adventure to be able to be at peace with if he died he died mm -hmm. came from my knowing that what we are is that consciousness that formless energy mm -hmm. um are you experiencing that that knowingness that you're you're just energy. I um I practice um, Eckhart Tolle's going into just feeling the body as often as I can during the day, and that allows me to ground and that allows me to get in touch with who is really underneath. And um, whenever I remember, so when I don't remember, <laughs> it's not quite as good. But yes, that's always there and it's lovely. Yeah, because we're we're we drop the ego masks, we mm -hmm. drop the idea that we're separate. Mm -hmm. And then that peace allows us to feel where we're the same, mm -hmm. where we're connected, where we are supported and held by whatever you want to call the source of all that is. Because that's where my peace comes from. It doesn't come from Linus mind. Mm -hmm. It comes from that greater mind. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about Eckhart Tolle. Who are some of your other influences? Or, or speak more to him that have really helped you understand what this path is about. Because as people are watching, I know for me it was so powerful when I heard what helped other people and, and people explaining how they were use, utilizing those teachings allowed me to kind of have a general idea, especially early on, mm -hmm. about what the heck I was getting into. Right. I knew I wanted relief, but I had no freaking idea of what the spiritual journey was about yeah. and what I was about to head to, right. which was that dark night of the soul, that gut-wrenching um, place of seeing my, my ego, seeing mm -hmm. my ugliness. Mm -hmm. What were some of the teachings and teachers that have helped you and, and give us a little tidbit about how they, they helped? Well, um, initially, you know, the course of miracles was presented to me 30 years ago and I went through a wonderful uh, program with, um, this amazing teacher and um, had an incredible insights and promptly fell back asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, found Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, and I moved, I think, like 12 times after I got the book. And I always purged my books every time I moved, especially if I haven't read them, that meant I wasn't going to read them. And Eckhart's book came with me each time, didn't know why. 
until one day I opened it and I could not put it down. Um, and that's been my go-to. And then met up with you and went through your um, teaching of Course in Miracles and saw it for what it was that I forgot and how much it brought. So, um, and the rest is just, you know, going inside. It's just going inside because all of those books, all of those teachers are just pointers. They're just pointing you in the direction of who I am, who you are. Um, and it's all inside. And if you go inside, it's all right there. And it's having good teachers and guides that help you get to that point with yourself. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, we can't see our own blind uh, blind spots. And in the beginning, we are so eager, at least my experience with people that I coach and, and myself, we're so eager to want to get to the good stuff that that mind gets really spiritualized and wants to avoid looking at what's uncomfortable. So we, we do develop an even more um, more difficult way as we're becoming more spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a more difficult path to undoing. Mm -hmm. Say Say a little bit about what is it that has really activated in you this desire to wake up no matter what speak to what's going on inside of you that's made you just determined to not fall asleep again experiencing it just experiencing and when you experience um i had three days <laughs> of just profound peace that came over me that was unshakable it didn't matter what was going in the world in my own home or anywhere else it was, I had a smile from ear to ear and I couldn't stop smiling. I felt like I was floating for three days. And when that subsided and went away, it's been like, I got to go back there. I got to go back there. I got to go back there until I realized it's not a going back there. It's just being there every day, however it shows up, even if it's for a millisecond, mm -hmm. but continuing that. And that's, yeah. that's the beauty of it. And I find that the more I go inside, fewer questions I have. I find that questions that I ask come from the mind. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That That is such a wonderful point to make. So we keep talking about coming inside. Mm -hmm. In a world that we've been taught and been conditioned to go outside, yeah. go, go to that teacher, go mm -hmm. to that book, go to this, go to that. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying earlier, we've got to get the certification, right. got to prove that we've been there, done that, and got the certificate or the t-shirt to prove it. But this path of awakening is the total opposite of that. It's personal experience. It's coming inside. Mm -hmm. We don't know who we are. I had no idea how amazing I am. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how loving and gentle and kind and caring and patient I am. Because my mind had been conditioned to believe that I had to keep going. I had to do it. And I had to become this tough bitch, make it happen. If I was going to be heard, if I was going right. to you know, be in control, if I was going to be successful, there was a lot of doing that had to happen. And this has been a journey of stripping all of those concepts mm -hmm. and coming inside. Yes. Say a little bit about what is so delicious for you about coming inside. Well, you know how you said it's love and compassion and loving and giving all of those things. I don't think they even begin to describe <laughs> because what it is, the experience is, um, it's all encompassing. Mm -hmm. It's just, it encompasses everything. Um, you feel the tree vibrating. 
you feel the people's hearts beating. It's it's all you. It's all encompassing. And the only word for it is joy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. Going back to what I was saying earlier, when I go to that space and I know my oneness with all that is, mm -hmm. it does intensify mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, like you said, the trees, the chair, mm -hmm. the desk, the computer mm -hmm. comes alive. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like I'm walking inside of something that is being created as I'm walking through it not something stale, not a stale table or a chair that I'm going to go use, but rather it's something that I'm going to interact with. Right. And it just makes it so much more, mm -hmm. more fun. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so let's switch the conversation to, let's talk about your practice and how you having the level of consciousness that you have, and you are a nutritionist and you're watching people come to you that have no clue about what we're talking about. How are you being in your practice? How are you able to drop some seeds that are, that get planted in people's minds? Sometimes, you know, I know they, they reject them, but talk a little bit about the world of nutrition and how you are making a difference because of the consciousness that you have, that you bring to that, that world of bodies and, well, let, me, let me start by saying that <laughs> even that is all about me growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and paying attention when, you know, I get impatient because somebody's going on and on and on about something or complaining and because that's my stuff um, and things like that. But when I am conscious enough, <laughs> to bring it. Um, I, I try to keep a space for them. I try to stay inside myself when I listen um, and just give them some of that peace to experience, sort of take the edge and the, um, the stronghold that whatever their condition is has over them because it's all temporary. Mm -hmm. um, and our mind is very, very strong. Um, when I spent two and a half years at a cancer center, I noticed that it didn't matter what type of therapies, what kind of food, um, a lot of it had nothing to do with how, with people getting better or getting out of there with stage four. Um, the one common denominator was whether they believed they could, what their attitude toward life was at that moment. Were they complaining? Were they victim or were they, or were they just going to be loving every second that they were in? It wasn't even being like, I'm going to fight. That doesn't work either. It's a wrong yeah. mindset. And whether they had support around them, people who believed in their recovery and supported them with that. And that goes with everything. I mean, it's, it's our energy and our bodies are able to heal from anything. And for me, to keep that in mind when I'm working with them at all times, that they can heal anything if they tap into who they are. So we do some emotional freedom technique. We do a little bit of going into the body and feeling the energy when we can for those who are receptive. Yeah. Um, and just holding the space. And like you said, sometimes yeah. it just doesn't work, doesn't bounce. They're not ready. And sometimes it really does. Yeah. And, and obviously with my career, what, 12, 13 years in coaching and teaching and, um, 
people have to be ready. Mm -hmm. There has to be a readiness, especially the, the level of work that I do. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that we, what waking up is all mm -hmm. about, working with me would only freak you out. <laughs> but when you understand that what we are shedding is the beliefs, it's a thinking structure. Mm -hmm. It's a thought system mm -hmm. that blocks us from knowing what we really are. Mm -hmm. But so many people, millions, billions of people really do believe that we're made of separate bodies and that we're apart from one another mm -hmm. and that food can do things to us mm -hmm. or that illnesses can be caught from the outside or that um, we can't heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of beliefs to have to deal with. Mm -hmm when you're trying to get somebody to to relax and allow another thought system allow for the possibility of maybe we are more powerful yeah give me an example maybe somebody that comes to mind that you've worked with and you you saw how they shifted and let themselves experience the healing mm -hmm. walk us through like what were some of the things that they went through mm -hmm. from from maybe resistance to opening up and then to having a shift? Um, I actually had somebody who was um, quite ill and um, this was cancer um, and we were working together and um, very open to just, just help me, just help me, just help me heal. And I actually understood the concept that I don't heal. I can't do healing. Your body can do it. Only you can do it. And yes, you're not a victim. Let's get you out of the victim mentality. And so um, something called me to give him a book, um, Radical Forgiveness. Oh, beautiful. By Colin Tipping. Yes. And um, he was open. And he came back after reading it and doing the work. Um, and he was so changed and so different. And he understood where the beliefs of victimhood and, you know, catching things and not being able to do things on his own. And we worked together through the book. Um, he was cancer free. You know, yeah. we're doing other things in the background, but this was instrumental in getting him there. You know, that that book, uh, Radical Forgiveness, is so powerful mm -hmm. and so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to Colin, who wrote that book and mm -hmm. has helped transform so many lives yes. because it was a go to for me during my journey. Mm -hmm. um, but since you're bringing up forgiveness, it's such an important piece of this journey. Yes. Because as we said earlier, we have been indoctrinated. We have been we have been learning a belief system that goes totally, completely against us being um, powerful right. to things coming to us from the outside. So we became outer focused. Yes. So speak to what is the purpose of forgiveness? How does forgiveness work to help somebody heal themselves mm -hmm. when, when, you know, you, you have cancer? Yeah. Uh, we all hold on to something and I work with people with radical forgiveness. I am, I, I am a coach actually, and um, uh, with rat, through radical forgiveness, and um, sometimes we hold on to old hurts, um, parents, abusive, physically or um, emotionally. I uh, was the product of some of that. Um, we hold on to victimhood from it's not fair. I could have, should have had this, or I was better than that. 
And I think the biggest piece is forgiving ourselves first, mm -hmm. forgiving ourselves for seeing it that way, forgiving ourselves for keeping ourselves in this place knowingly, but unknowingly at the same time. Um, and that all sickness relates to our energy fields and how we feel about the world and ourselves and our place in it. Mm -hmm. Do we feel safe? Do we feel secure? Do we trust? Do we love? Or are we closed off and angry and jealous and all of that to different kinds of emotions and energies and you will get whatever energy you keep back, which is cancer, which is, you know, the jealousy, the anger, all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's such heavy, dense energy mm -hmm. that, um, that process of forgiveness, as you know, Course in Miracles, that's the, the tool that it teaches mm -hmm. is that, that forgiving ourselves, that is something that is so challenging. I know it was for me. Mm -hmm. What? Forgive my father for what he did. Yes. Forgive my mom for mm -hmm. what she did. Forgive, you know, whomever. Yes. I've worked with people who are veterans and forgive the, the person who, you know, shot mm -hmm. at me, forgive mm -hmm. the, the war. So let's talk a little bit about, a little bit more about what you're, what you just said. We're forgiving ourselves for, believing that whatever circumstance took place mm -hmm. can diminish the essence of who we are. Because yes. what we're coming back inside is discovering that we are each an expression of something that's eternal. Mm -hmm. So if what we are is eternal, it has to be invulnerable. It has to last forever. It cannot be affected or hurt. Mm -hmm. So we're forgiving ourselves really for forgetting the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. So there's a separation of the event and who I am. And the forgiveness is I'm not going to use the event to define me. I forgive myself for using that to make me less than. Mm -hmm. That's not easy to do. <laughs> no. So your your cancer you patient. Ready. Yes, you have to be ready. Your mm -hmm. cancer patient. Not a patient, but go ahead. Or your cancer client. Um, client. <laughs> so say a little bit about um, when he realized what radical forgiveness was about. What was the shift that you saw in him? Oh, you know, when he came in, I, um, the last time that we worked together, um, I gave him an assignment and he was to go and meditate and take this with him. And uh, again, it was that teacher piece where he didn't see his blind side. He didn't see what he didn't see. And um, he came back a week later and you literally saw the entire face and continents changed. He was lit up. He was lighter. He was he was at peace. Mm -hmm. it, it was amazing the transformation. I just it was like wow, what happened to you? And of course, <laughs> at the cancer center, there was a lot of um, talk about oh, you know, this is working, that's working. Where well, they didn't realize that he hadn't done anything for about a month. Oh. <laughs> he checked out um, and except work on himself and his yeah. forgiveness. And um, at the end of the day, it ended up being his mom, who was somewhat abusive. Yeah. And then it was repeated with his ex-wife, who was somewhat abusive, <laughs> and his current wife, who was not supporting him being at the center, who was not supportive, who was angry that he had cancer and that it was a possibility, you know, she was going to be left alone holding the bill. And that's abusive. And that's abusive. That's right. Abusive. So he kept repeating the pattern because that's yeah. all he thought about. And that's where he was yeah. stuck. And the moment he released it, it was amazing. 
And um, the biggest miracle was that uh, his present wife at the time ended up coming to the center and meeting with him and apologizing without any prompting or any changes in anything, apologizing for not supporting him and not loving him. And it was like, wow, everything changes. It, everything changes, yes. absolutely. Because mm -hmm. when we get to the plays, Hello, Martha. Oh, we're just so excited. We've got so many people watching. That's fun. Thank you all for being here with us and spending this um, this time with Jenya and I. So one of the things that is so crucial is what you just said. His wife at the time came and realized that she wasn't loving him through the process. Yes. And when we get right down to what we're forgiving is we're forgiving ourselves for not loving ourselves enough. To, to hold true to our, our power, to our, our ability to change our mind about things. Mm -hmm. And that is an act of self-love, to say, I'm going to look at these things that hurt and let, let me love myself. Let me mm -hmm. love the one who experienced the hurt. Yes. Let me love myself enough to not carry that baggage. Right. So when, when we get upset with others, we're always withholding love. Mm -hmm. But yet that is the thing that we're waking up to mm -hmm. is that love is what we are at right. the core of our being is love. And when we began to get indoctrinated into thinking that love came to us from the outside and then we didn't get it from mom or dad or whatever, we stopped giving it to ourselves. Yes. We stopped loving ourselves mm -hmm. by holding all these negative thoughts about us and others by yes. polluting our mind. Mm -hmm. which then pollutes our body, Yes, which pollutes our energy field. Yes. And it's as simple as um, whenever you're not happy with someone or something that they did is to stop for a moment. And even though it's not real and you don't believe it, but try to find a positive reason why they might have done it. So somebody just cut you off while you're driving and flipped you the bird, right? Yeah. The height of rudeness. Yeah. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> and can you, for just a moment, step away and think, maybe they had a tremendous argument with a wife or a husband, and they're so stirred up and so upset that it's yes. just a reactive mind. Um, or if someone cuts you off in traffic and just keeps going, maybe they have a child who just been um, admitted to an emergency room, and they're trying to get there. And I don't know about you, but those of you who have children, I know I've been in that position. Everything you. else goes yeah. away except for your getting to your child. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you are in the process. Mm -hmm. um, and today we have so many different opportunities. Uh, politics are so become so divisive and so inflammatory. Nutrition has become just as polarizing. It amazes me, you know, yeah. how people have taken a stance and their way is the only and the right way. Oh, yeah. And when we are willing to listen to someone's side without the judgment, without uh, whether it's politics or nutrition, or whatever else without any kind of judgment, but thinking, well, this is right for them. Let me see if I can hear why, why mm -hmm. is it important to them and what gives them that stance? And maybe I can find something where we are on the same page. Yeah. I mean, I see vegetarians and vegans and paleo and keto and, you know, and that's fine, but everybody, this is the only way. And 
it it might be for you. That's fantastic. That's great. Let's hear what you love about it. Let's let's hear what it is that you think, and and then let's go from there. Let's find a yeah. common ground. Yeah. But to find the common ground, there's a couple things that that we need to be okay with. Number one, that it doesn't mean that we're wrong, right? Because other people have different perceptions. No one's wrong. Absolutely. They're not wrong. You're not wrong. I know. <laughs> to let everybody be right. Can you imagine yes. living in a world where we actually let everybody be right? Right. Because we all, we're all right from our, our specific individual perception, our life mm -hmm. experiences, what works for us, what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because if our mind decides that that's the right thing for mm -hmm. us, of course we're right. Right. But then to love ourselves enough to not then take righteousness and use it to beat up another person. Mm -hmm. Because when we do that, to beat up another person, we block love from flowing. Mm -hmm. We don't love ourselves in that moment. Mm -hmm. We certainly can't love the other person. And love, mm -hmm. to me, loving another person is as simple as compassion, kindness, respect, tolerance, being open-minded. Yes. And there are so many ways that love shows up mm -hmm. that when we give it to somebody else, we're actually receiving it. Exactly. Or you can't give it if you're not experiencing mm -hmm. it. But that the way, you know, like talking to your husband and talking to your, uh, you know, to Dave and, and your children and, of course, with the grandbaby and your clients or anybody who shows up. <laughs> yes. Use kind of one word that is not a romantic word to define how does love show up through you? How does love show up through me? That's a really good question. I have to go meditate <laughs> on that. Um, you know, seeing seeing the person underneath and remembering that love is all there is. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest piece. That that really is the biggest piece. And you know, when we talk about being right, I'd rather be happy than be right. Yeah. And I try to keep that as my motto when I want to put a divider be right. I want to be right. I want to be right. And um, that's the biggest piece in relationships is wanting to be right. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not why you're in a relationship. You're in a relationship to support and uphold each other. Yeah, and, to share and, and to expand. And enjoy the happiness, you know. So I'd rather be happy than right. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Oh, totally. It doesn't totally. always work out, but. <laughs> totally. Oh, I used to want yeah. to be right. I thought being right made me happy. We but all do, but that's the ego, it was, isn't it? Yeah. It's the ego coming in because you have to be right to survive. Yeah. It was a temporary happiness, which was mm -hmm. just really a, a momentary high. Mm -hmm. But, oh my gosh, that need to be right erodes relationships. Mm -hmm. It puts barriers. You can't grow when you're right. being right. right. I mean, it's like putting walls between you and your partner. Um, so let me see. Here we are at the time that we've been together for almost an hour. Wow. Um, I know it flew, it flew by. I'm so glad that you came over. How can people find you? Tell tell our audience, not only the ones who are here. Oh, thank you. Uh, Anita says that Great reminders, and she's thanking us for the renewed hope and inspiration. Great to meet Jenny. I need. I'm so glad that you're getting to meet her. And Anita is, is a massage therapist, um, so you guys should connect and sure. and help each other. But share a little bit about how people can find you and what is it that you're passionate about doing. Uh, you know, your area of expertise or whatever that that people who are listening to may really want to connect with you because of this thing that you love doing. 
Um, you can find me both on Facebook and on uh, my page. What's, on your, my, my, my Facebook, what's your website? Uh, SmartNutritionAndWellness.com. And that's my website and my Facebook page. And um, SmartNutritionAndWellness.com, which is actually um, shifting and changing because. Um, like that? Yes. Smart Nutrition. Well, hold on. <laughs> I am old. Uh, yes, smartnutritionwellness.com. That's it. Okay, let me see if I can post that up. Yeah, it yes. showed up. Yay. I love technology. So that's both on Facebook and on the web page. And, you know, what I do is a little bit different from a regular nutritionist. We look at what's going on symptom-wise, and then I do a very um, proprietary system that allows me to take a look under the symptoms and help identify what's causing them and then we work with that. So, um, but the next step is the smart nutrition is probably going to be changing to conscious nutrition. Oh, I love So that. much more encompassing. Yeah. So yeah. what, where I'm going and where we're leading. <laughs> Yes, and conscious nutrition, now that people are waking up and becoming more conscious, more aware, mm -hmm. that word signifies something mm -hmm. that has a, a frequency, a, a resonance mm -hmm. that is above smart nutrition. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're shifting that. But it's also about consciously nurturing the soul as well yeah. as the body. And one thing I love about you, um, as as a besides all the many wonderful things, oh Natalia, I'm so glad that you enjoyed the interview. That's wonderful. And uh, Selena, you are welcome. You are absolutely welcome. Um, one thing that I love about this woman, besides just who she is as a person, and her commitment to yeah. cleaning up her own stuff, because we are taking responsibility for our own dysfunctions, mm -hmm. our own insecurities, and, and our, our own sense of superiorness. But she she be, she comes to her work, her field, her chosen field, where she gets to help other people with a level of consciousness that is not just about the food that you eat. It's not just about the supplements that are going to help you. It is a holistic approach. You haven't used that word, but that is what you do. It is completely holistic yes. to look at, you know, food is a component, but like with that cancer mm -hmm. um, client, if you're holding resentment, mm -hmm. that's emotional work. Mm -hmm. How many nutritionists do emotional work? That's also, um, work that has to do with your mindset mm -hmm. you know you got to clean up those beliefs mm -hmm. you got to open up the heart there's just so much to it yes. so you really are you take a holistic approach all of that and i am so grateful that you're part of this so thank you and for being here you as well yes keeping thank you keeping that that conscious conversation going because you know there's nothing better than having friends who understand you when you're going Absolutely. through this journey and having Genia because we've been together now friends for about 10 years it's just been amazing because we can bounce things off of each other when you begin to shift your mindset there are times that you feel like you're going crazy that you're you're changing totally completely changing what you used to believe you're moving from the world owes me something or the world upset me to no it's all in here so I highly, highly recommend, maybe this is why we're sitting here next to each other, that you connect with friends who are going through a similar experience and help each other, champion each other, celebrate each other's awarenesses. Absolutely. When when my clients come back and tell me, oh my God, I saw my ugly self, I saw my anger, my fear, I go, yay, congratulations. Mm -hmm. 
because we want to begin to celebrate our ability to be aware, to be conscious of those things that are our ugly sides, because it's not who we are, but there are blocks to the, the beautiful, loving, kind, gentle, compassionate being that gets to emerge when you begin to see, yes, I was judgmental. Yes, I was rude. Yes, I was righteous. If you get comfortable with calling out the parts of yourself that you don't like, you are creating an opening for the parts of yourself that you're going to fall in love with. But that cannot come out if you don't do the work that Jenny and I have been talking about. We both are doing, continue to do, and it is the practice of awakening, is looking at what you're not so that what you are can emerge. So thank you for thank being you. here. Oh, yes. Mm. Such a joy. And thank you for joining us. Yes, That's absolutely. Great. Reach out to her. Get to know her because, you know, here's her website again. Mm -hmm. um, smartnutritionandwellness.com or find her on Facebook, Jenia Hampton. You know, you, you can find her on the page. Thanks a bunch and y'all have a magnificent day. And remember, all that we're doing is returning to the truth of who we are and who we are is absolutely deliciously magnificent. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. That was awesome.